All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Sit Down Community Podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I am your host of this podcast, and you are in for a treat from superheroes out in the community, but I'm going to let them introduce themselves and a little bit about their backgrounds. Take it away, you guys. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Uh, Serum and I are, are delighted to just spend a few minutes with you answering some questions and hopefully we can be an encouragement to others. Uh, So my name is Paul Safner and I'm married to Sarome. Her her first name is spelled S-E-R-O-M. It's uh, unusual but unique and I really like the fact that she is unique. She's one of a kind and of course I'll, I'll stop with that. I can probably respond more about my love for her and other questions. Um, but we've been married for eight years. We have three kids and we recently relocated from the Bay Area to uh, to the Rockland Roseville area. Uh, we're excited to live in Placer County, given that it's a family friendly community, a lot of opportunity to raise uh, family in, in a positive environment. We definitely enjoyed our time in the Bay Area, uh, but we knew that God was leading us to a, a different part of the state. I grew up in Reading, so I enjoyed the slower pace in Shasta County, and Placer County is very similar to that. But we're excited to get plugged into the community here. Uh, we did keep our jobs, and we can probably go into more detail about our jobs um, I super commute, so I take the Capital Corridor Amtrak two to three days a week, and then Serum will work from home for what, the majority of, of her week, but then go into to the office uh, when she needs to. Where, uh, what else? Yeah, give us I a just, little background on what you do for work. Uh, so I currently work for a city government in Alameda County. I've worked in government for probably uh, 11, 12 years now and enjoy, um, enjoy the, the opportunity of serving people. Uh, I currently live, I currently work in the city manager's office and I handle communications and community relations for the city. Amazing. Sir? Yeah, um, I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I manage a program in a nonprofit setting. Uh, the nonprofit primarily works with individuals with developmental disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but my department, we primarily work with individuals who are low income, basically on Medi-Cal and um, transitioning from medical institutions and or transitioning from homelessness. So uh, lots of people with co-occurring disorders and with um, complex health conditions is kind of our, our bread and butter. Yeah, for sure. And you guys can either both answer this or, or one or the other. Um, tell me a little bit about how, um, the last two years and even the last years you've been within the field, what does it looked like to come from faith backgrounds and be working in such complex trauma and just with people in general, what does that look like? And maybe what does it looked like in terms of growth too? 
I could probably start on this one. I think, yeah. um, you know, as a believer working in a secular environment where it's not, um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that my colleagues are hostile to me, but it's not a, um, you know, environment where we're welcome to share explicitly or openly about our faith in different mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot more, I think there's a lot more that Paul and I are intentional about how we walk and how we talk, how we live our lives in a way where we know um, the people that are interacting with us may or may not meet somebody like, like us or meet people who, um, whose lives have been transformed by Jesus. So we're pretty intentional about that. Um, but I think in terms of or my work and encountering people with trauma, I'd say, I mean, trauma is a huge factor in, I, I usually say like 99% of the people I work with, so pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. And with that, um, I think there are some times when, you know, let's say I'm going out to do a field visit and I know that, you know, their, their history, I know what the diagnoses are on paper and I know yeah. um, on paper also what their history is, but I know there's so much more than that spiritually. So Mm -hmm. we're in going out to the field where I'm just praying over that interaction. So my personal, um, I guess, walk in and walk out of any interaction is to say a brief prayer on my way in and just asking the Lord for wisdom and for grace and for favor in that interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, And to just thank the Lord when I leave and interact as well. I think for me, it's been a good way to kind of enter and exit different settings Right. Um, and to be able to be present when I am there with them, because sometimes it's a lot to hold. There could be yeah. um, things that are disclosed, other things that aren't disclosed, but I know there's more there. Um, so that's been really helpful for me. But um, yeah, I think it's just being mindful that there are spiritual elements to all that's going on. And so with right. that, just being prayerful through it has been, for me, I think the biggest um how would I say like the biggest, I guess, um, armor that I can, I can mm, yeah, use. Amen. That's amazing. What about you, Paul? I, that's great. Thank you, Sarum. I would just add that everyone's made differently. Some folks are disciplined. Some folks are not disciplined and you're able to either develop yourself or kind of sit on the couch and, in a way, waste away. I know for my, uh, maybe my DNA or just my makeup, if I didn't have the Lord in my life, I would not be where I'm at right now. And I'm not, Mm -hmm. I don't want to sound overly spiritual, but the, the fact is I would, would give into many, many temptations and probably ruin my life before it even started. Mm. So having the Lord in my life, and I would say he's, he's a, he's, he's not only a crutch, but he's like my life support yeah. for, um, for, for many things like just the air, air that I breathe and relying on him going into work where it, it's, it's definitely difficult. And like Sarum said, it's not hostile, but it's not friendly towards my, my beliefs. Hmm. Yeah. And also it's difficult because I, I, I've been given more responsibility and with that responsibility, there's more 
critical incidences that I have to work through in order to uh, make sure that my work and my employer is is being fully transparent situations. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if I didn't understand the the soul of man and the depravity of man, I would not be successful in what I do. Yeah. And then also outside of that, just be a a witness, be, be different than the normal, uh, just the normal, um, way of going about business yeah yeah absolutely that's so good as you were both speaking just the word servant came to mind of like we are servants in the body of christ but we're also servants to those around us to really live in a way that's set apart and consecrated so what do you think it looks like in terms of your mission um collectively as a a married couple but also in your work environments what does it look like to be a servant um if even if it's you know a place where there might be majority non-christians like how do you see your mission um really living living within the body of Christ, but also out in humanity. What does that look like? I I would say it's not what we are looking for Mm. um, in receiving. Um, It's what we can give. And with that, when we give, we receive. Like We started pretty much out with nothing when we got married. And that was eight years ago. And those few years were so sweet because we totally relied on God. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that we we've decreased our reliance on God. I, I feel like we've relied on Him more now. Fast forwarding, fast forwarding in 2022, but in 2013, when we were getting married, Throne was going through her master's degree. Yeah. I was making a change in uh, one job to the other, and the job that I was going into was a government job. It was. Uh, part-time temporary and no benefits Hmm. but god just said take that job i'll take care of you throne um supported me Mm -hmm. and because of that leap i've been able to excel and promote in opportunities yeah and if but i i guess to wrap this up if God's telling you to do something and you kind of you you disobey Him or you just feel like you want to do um, your own uh, go down your own path, mm-hmm. um, I think it it could it could um, lead to lost opportunities to yeah. give to others and to serve, knowing that when you open that door that He is allowing you to go through, He'll take care of you. Yeah. So that being said, like it, when you obey and you listen, you you're able to to give more and to fill up peace where you're at in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, for me, in terms of how I work and interact, um, knowing that majority of people I work with are non-believers. I think that's kind of the assumption that many, many people are not believers and 
you know, Jesus didn't say, I'm going to take you out of the world, but he said, you're going to be living in the world, but you're not going to mm-hmm. be of the world. And so I think um, the, the way that I feel like our work ethic should be and my work ethic should be is that I should be working harder and really seeking to excel in the workplace and um, basically make my, my boss's job easier, my boss's mm-hmm. life easier the last thing I want to be is a burden to my boss and him feel like, Oh, like, you know, Serum's not working or I can't trust Serum or I don't know what Serum's doing or Serum's department's always a mess or, you know, whatever it is Mm -hmm. that um, on behalf of my actions, that there is no taint to Christ who I'm representing in the workplace. Um, And same with people that I manage that I want to be interacting with them in kindness and um, to really know them as people beyond just, hey, you work for me. Um, so there's a lot of investing in people and encouraging them and mm-hmm. wanting to be positive, um, not critical. So I think a lot of it has to do with attitude. Um, so kind of a silly thing. I, I'm, I'm actually an introvert. Um, I don't particularly enjoy meeting a lot of new people or any of that. Mm -hmm. I could live very well, hold up in my house by myself (laughs) (laughs) with my family. And with that, you know, at work, I feel a burden to interact with people and to not just be, oh, I'm an introvert. So whatever. Um, So for a period of time uh, before COVID and when we were still working in the office, I wanted to find a way to meet different people that would come through the office Um, and being an introvert, awkward introvert and feeling awkward about doing that. I started to pass out stickers, which Mm -hmm. sounds really weird, Um, (laughs) but I would go around like once a week and just pass out stickers to people that were in the office and introduce myself to people who are new that I hadn't met before. But it was funny because that ended up being something that my colleagues um, would look forward to. So yeah. if I stopped doing it for a while, they'd wonder what happened. And then right. if I'd start doing it again, they'd be like, oh, the stickers are back. Thank you so much. And they'd start collecting them on their desktops or whatever, or take yeah. them home and share it with their kids. And it became something they looked forward to. So I really, that was another lesson to me that, you know, the small actions can make a big difference, even if it's a you are great, you know, sticker that you would expect to like a third grader to get from their teacher. Um, those kinds of things also speak something to the people around us. Um, so trying to be positive, trying to be kind and uh, basically showing different attributes of God and who God is to us um, in the workplace to colleagues and clients and staff and, and various things has been I think a really important part of my work and Paul's been super supportive of that. So if there's, you know, staff birthdays or whatever, and I want to like, you know, send them a meal or something like that, he's been very supportive of whatever I want to do and given me a lot of latitude and being able to um, be involved in people's lives and in a little bit more than just what my job calls me to do. Right. Yeah. That's so beautiful. How do you guys think um, obedience plays into all of this? The idea of being a servant, of being out in the world and bringing people towards Christ. What does it look like? Um, I think, well, one to choose obedience, but, you know, I think it's so easy for us to pick ourselves. It's there's so much self-preservation around in, in culture So how do we kind of deny that to choose the obedience to Christ? What do you guys think that looks like? 
I think it starts with a daily walk with Christ and him commanding us to be obedient, but not out of legalism, yeah, but out of love. And once you understand that, your denials will be, um, you'll, you'll be easy to easily able to deny the, uh, the, your desires. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with that, when you're so focused on Christ uh, and he gives you an impulse to do something right, like to witness to someone, to give money out of your generosity fund that that just you know a need just came up and you were able to to meet it um, you feel good about it because you're in touch you're in fellowship with christ mm, so yeah, yeah. so I, w- I would say um, it's a daily walk um in in the word in prayer and he will allow you to see your um opportunities that you could fit in throughout the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with Paul that it, it starts with the the daily walk and the desire to mm-hmm. be um, in right fellowship with God. But I think the other part too, is I know that I am not perfect and often very foolish. So um, denying myself is not necessarily a, I mean, it could feel hard in the moment, but ultimately I'm choosing what's better. So um, it's one of the things that we're teaching our kids, especially our oldest kid who's five now. Um, And we talk a lot about obedience and we're often saying, you know, it's not that what you want to do is necessarily bad. It could be a good idea, Mm -hmm. but obedience is always better. So choose obedience, choose what's better, not necessarily your decision isn't always necessarily going to be between good and bad, but it could be good and better. So why would you just go with what's good when there's mm-hmm. still something better? So that's, um, I think even in our own lives, we've seen um, just God's faithfulness and kindness to us time and time again. Mm-hmm. So it ends up being, well, why would we choose and I guess be stubborn about what we want in our own will when ultimately we know what he wants is better. Um, so I think when you have already tasted that and you've seen his faithfulness and his kindness and his love for you in your life over and over again, it makes it so that you want to obey him because of the relationship, but also because you've seen that it is better and Mm -hmm. that he has not withheld anything good from us in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think are just struggles you see, whether it be in the workplace or in your, you know, circles, what do you think are some of the challenges that have come from the pandemic in terms of being obedient servants? What are you noticing? In terms of the pandemic? Yeah. Maybe I can answer that question first. Sarone mentioned that she's an introvert. I'm the opposite. I'm an extrovert. <laughs> and I was just getting torn up about staying inside all the time, not mm-hmm. being able to do anything at the beginning of the, the, the pandemic. 
And we were living in a county that was more strict with COVID regulations. And I think at first it was difficult not to be able to take uh, take my kids, my my two boys at the time, or our two our two boys, sorry, our two boys <laughs> at the time to the park because they looked forward to that. That was a, a way to burn energy to be outside. And when the parks were shut down, it, I, I, I want to be honest because I'm now thinking back close to two years ago. I was probably bitter at the time with the regulations, knowing that uh, kids aren't dying like in rapid succession with this. Um, and this, the science is proving that COVID doesn't necessarily stay on surfaces. Why can't we be outside? Um, so that being said, even though the government told us we couldn't do something, I should have still had a positive attitude because the Lord commands us to obey government unless it go they go against His teachings mm-hmm. uh, or 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 just his, his truth. So that's something that. I struggled at first with the pandemic. Now I've been so convicted that in my prayer list, I have um, government officials, their names mm-hmm. in my prayer list. And I pray for them by name. Yeah. Um, and that's been, that's been helpful. So whenever I get frustrated with a situation, whether it's from federal government, state, local, mm-hmm. their names are in my prayer list and it helps to pray over them to make sure that uh, I want goodwill for them. I want God to, to bless them. I, I want God to open their eyes up to, to make right decisions. Because when I worked for an elected official, I saw behind the scenes and it is not easy. It's not an easy job. Uh, there are many demanding, there are many competing demands. Yeah. And every elected official and every person needs prayer. They need God's blessing in their life, but definitely, especially folks that are in decision-making situations. So difficulty in the pandemic. Yeah. Um, So I'm not only an introvert, I'm kind of a germaphobe to begin with. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, my normal, you know, work, I'm often in and out of nursing facilities and other places where um, there are different germs and different um, things that are contagious. So I'm already, you know, before COVID was a thing, um, you know, I'd get home and I wouldn't let my kid touch me until I washed up. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's that kind of um, background to, to begin with. Yeah. But I think with that, for me, probably opposite of Paul, um, was fighting the desire to just stay home all the time. I think mm. for Paul, it was, you know, having a good attitude about not being able to be out all the time. But, um, for me, it was, um, still choosing to, um, find ways to love others and connect with others outside of just our household yeah. in ways that were, um, safe and honoring of, you know, we have a multi-generational household as well. So just being honoring of the other people, um, in, in the house, not just us. And, um, 
not just being holed up. But I think what I've seen in general is pretty much the spectrum of Paul and I, where there's some people who are um, completely holing up and possibly even living out of fear or refusing to engage in community at all yeah. versus people who are you know, really frustrated with um, various government ordinances and things that have been passed and who may be bitter or who are flat out um, rejecting or... Um, choosing to disobey um, various uh, laws or ordinances with the, I think the heart of, um, I don't really care what you say, you can't control me because my independence is more important. So I think there's been both um, spectrums. And so it's been helpful that we're so different because we're talking through this and we're like, well, what's healthy, what's biblical, what's, Mm. what's, what's the right thing for us to be doing right now. Um, because we have such different perspectives on almost everything. <laughs> it's been, I think for us, us helpful. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. As we um, begin to wrap up, here's my final question. And I'm definitely feeling an impression um, of listeners just needing encouragement in terms of marriage and strong biblical, you know, God honoring marriage too. So what are some lessons you've learned as a couple in the last two years of the pandemic, uh, throughout your marriage, what are some lessons that you can share with the listeners in terms of like, um, just really practical habits, disciplines, relationships, um, that are really edifying, not only to ourselves as, um, individuals, uh, daughters and sons, but also as a collective community. I know that was multiple things. <laughs> so just different habits, relationships, like what are some habits that have been really helpful for you individually, but also um, together? Hopefully we can go in rapid succession on some of the many things that we've learned in marriage. <laughs> we're not, we're not experts, but at the same time, I felt like we've, we've grown uh, Mm -hmm. many aspects of our marriage. I would say just one, one attribute is the world desires learning and and knowledge, Mm -hmm. which is great. However, I don't know if Jesus was totally focused on that. I feel like it was wisdom that he was pursuing. Like, yeah. I can, you know, have a PhD, but do I really have wisdom? Mm, Yeah. And wisdom does so much for you when you're in the thick of it, when your spouse doesn't agree with you on something that you're fully persuaded that is, you think is the right decision. Yeah. Um, But wisdom will, will say, you know what, just relax Um, we're not we're not operating um on on uh you know we're we're not having open heart surgery here so just relax and let's let's go slow and make sure that both parties both the husband and wife are on the same page yeah wisdom does a lot for you with that but if you're highly emotional and kind of you you tend to fly, fly, fly off the handle. Yeah. Um, you, um, those quick 
impromptu decisions will lead to a lot of destruction and mm. a lot of hurt feelings or just just baggage that you don't really need it. Yeah. You, you didn't really need to go through that. That's just one thing. I have other things, but I'll let Sarum go. <laughs> I think um, Paul's really great at that, at kind of holding when, when there's a disagreement. Again, because we have such differing views and opinions, I think it makes us better as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it means that we have to spend quite a lot of time um, talking through some of those differences and um, having healthy, healthy debate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so even a, a common debate in our household um, at the early stages of our marriage was police community relations um, and Bible versions. Those were the two hot topic debates in our household. <laughs> so um, and we don't really care how we use toothpaste or toilet paper or whatever, like that kind of stuff we can work through. Yeah. But it's really um, things that were closer to our hearts um, mm, that we yeah. really had to wrestle with. Um, But one of the things we had talked about early on in marriage is that we would not um, ever resort to thinking of divorce as an option. Mm -hmm. Um, So from the beginning, we said, it's just not something that's ever going to come up. And so I think that having that commitment of, Mm -hmm. you know what, no matter what, we are in this together. So even if we um, aren't you know, super liking parts of that process that it, we will grow together and we will stay committed to each mm-hmm. other because ultimately our relationship is reflecting Christ and the church. And yeah. so, um, you know, anytime we've had any type of real conflict that hurts, it was often around, well, am I being loved? Are you being respected? And, you know, there are lots of things that we can give up, but if there's like one thing that we're refusing to give up, then it's like, well, can you just love me and do this? Or can you just respect me and do this? Mm-hmm. So we've had conversations on, on both ends. And I think, um, having a commitment to come together and have conversations on things that are difficult has been really helpful. Yeah. Um, instead of, you know, ignoring it or brushing it under the rug and trying to, you know, just forget about it or I think instead of letting it stew, being able to talk to each other and um, be vulnerable, even about things that feel petty have been, I think, um, helpful in growing us. Um, and ultimately, I think reminding each other and um, our, our own selves that neither of us can fill each other. Like Paul can't completely satisfy me or make me happy on his own, and neither can I for him. Mm-hmm. That ultimately our, our joy and our satisfaction comes from Christ. And when we are loving and serving one another, we are doing that as we are to the Lord. Um, so I think all of that is probably something that we just need to continue to think on. Um, because otherwise, you know, it's, it's really easy to become discontent in any relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, especially with all that, you know, media and the world portrays, you know, relationships to be so like i'm i'm korean and if you look at i don't know if you're familiar with korean drama but korean drama is pretty popular all over the world these days and Mm -hmm. men in korean drama like they just don't exist in real life like there's no guy who's like can just drop what he's doing at work anytime and just run over and knows exactly when his girl needs something like Mm, it's just just not it doesn't (laughs) exist yeah Um, so you know there's there's these expectations of 
what people should be like and how they're how they love if they truly love you and and all that it's just not realistic and so continuing to ground ourselves in truth of of god's love and um, being realistic with one another and communicating our needs so that we're not expecting ourselves to be mind readers has been i think for us um pretty helpful yeah that's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that you guys. And thank you just for the last 30 minutes of just sharing with me and sharing with those who are going to be listening to this. Um, I think it's amazing when you just hop on a call and kind of let the Lord lead it and, and just talk about the things that really stir his heart. And, and I know just bring so much prosperity to the kingdom. So thank you. Um, Paul, do you mind closing yeah. us out in prayer? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for this time that we were able to to talk to Stephanie, Sroma, and I, and the fact that uh, it doesn't matter if someone is a Christian or non-Christian that is listening to this. I just pray that they would just reach out to you, Lord, that they would have a conversation with you. Um, I, I, their life might be in a difficult situation. Uh, they could have just a lot of baggage in their mind or uh, maybe a work situation isn't uh, panning out the way that they want it to. I just pray that for those folks that, um, that they would just give you an opportunity to speak uh, clearly to them, Lord. And for the folks that, maybe benefited from a few attributes that we shared in our marriage, Lord. I pray that those those attributes, those opportunities would work in their life too um, as they strive to become a better partner, a better husband or wife to their spouse. And it, um, it all starts with a relationship with you, a true relationship with you in a daily walk with you to understand who you are. If I didn't, if I didn't speak to Sarone for two months, I don't think we would be on the same page about anything. And I just pray that we would, um, as, as a couple here, as, as well as um, couples that proclaim you, Lord, that we would be in fellowship with you on a daily basis and in love with you. So I just pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. Wow. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode and just really lean into the wisdom that comes from community and people coming together. Um, So Hope you have enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you next week for another episode of the sit down community podcast.